Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. When women lead, share performance and profits go up 50%. Results are more powerful when everyone is empowered. This is the insight that brought the four founders of Beyond Barriers together. We came from a diverse set of leadership backgrounds with a common goal to close the gender gap at work and expand economic opportunities for everyone. Tune in each week as one of us interviews inspiring guests who share stories and cutting edge strategies that will help you learn what helped them go further faster. Hi, I'm Monica, your host for today's episode. Eliana Quinones boasts an impressive track record in the tech industry, having amassed over 25 years of trailblazing experiences. Showing remarkable leadership, she has helmed teams of engineers, distinguishing herself in the realm of solution engineering and stewarding software companies towards success and earning the award and title of Latina Trailblazer in tech. Eliana is indeed a tech powerhouse and the epitome of resilience. Eliana recently embarked on a fresh venture, the inception of her own consulting company, with a critical spotlight on advocating for Latinx women and underrepresented minorities. However, Eliana's accomplishments aren't solely confined to the professional sphere. She embodies the virtues of personal resilience and determination, as exemplified by her battle with a serious health crisis. Eliana had to face a health challenge that necessitated a complex and delicate brain surgery. But Ileana didn't merely survive this ordeal. She emerged stronger and more determined than ever. It's a powerful testament to her positive mindset and the ability to reframe challenging circumstances into unique opportunities for personal growth and evolution. Ileana's journey reflects the boundless opportunities that emerge from embracing life's challenges head-on and taking thoughtful, calculated risks. Her wealth of wisdom and experience makes her an invaluable mentor to women within the high-tech industry and beyond. Let Ileana's inspiring story encourage you to view obstacles as opportunities, just as she did. Get ready to be inspired and remember, every challenge can open up a new path to success. Visit GoBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Ileana. Welcome, Eliana. Thank you so much for coming back to the Beyond Barriers podcast. We love having um, individuals like yourself who we get to know and who we are privileged to call friend. Um, but we wanted to bring you back because, you know, you in your own right have been such a successful individual um, and one of those examples for Latinas to see and, you know, make them, inspire them to want to be more and see that you've gone through all of these challenges in your career and have had an amazing journey. But we know that the last conversation we had with you, um, your journey has evolved even more since then. And, you know, I don't want to kind of, I don't want to release the bag before you or steal your thunder, (laughs) but You've had some significant challenges and we've been there with you alongside you supporting you. But can you talk a little bit about since the last conversation we had with you, how your journey has, you know, has has evolved and, um, you know, a few pivots and things like that in there for you? Absolutely. Yes. And let me start by saying thank you so much for inviting me back, Monica, and congratulations obviously to you and the whole team at the Young Barriers for being a fantastic mission to help uh, women advance in their careers and go farther and faster together. So kudos to you for that. I'm really happy to be here. And absolutely, a lot of things have changed right in my journey since we last spoke. Uh, as you know, I'm a Latina trailblazer in tech. I've been in yes. the high tech industry for many, many years, 25 plus years. 
I have been leading teams of engineers, specifically in the solution engineering um, function, which is basically the engineers that help the sales reps position and, and sell the products and the solutions for software companies, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in the past two to three years, I think I have pivoted uh, greatly from what I was doing, right? What I have been mostly in corporate America, so software companies, enterprise, large enterprise, but also small startups, the ones that went IPO, the ones that pivoted and <laughs> went belly <laughs> up, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> All this whole set of experiences. But uh, there were two main pivots, right? So one is from a career perspective. I decided to take and leverage all the experience and knowledge I had from tech and my career as, as an individual contributor, as a frontline manager, as a level two leader, as a leader of leaders and building teams, and really uh-huh. take that on my own and start my own company, my own consulting company, where mm-hmm. we strive to actually do a startup, provide startup services for companies that are founded by Latinx women and underrepresented minorities. So we help them through their entrepreneurial journeys to accelerate those paths, as well as to accelerate their career journeys too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I do is, uh, of course, I coaching and mentoring is a passion of mine. So I also I'm doing and dedicated to doing executive and career coaching for women specifically in the mm-hmm. high tech industry and other industries as well. So that's one of the biggest pivots, right? Uh, right. Career wise. On the personal side, of course, as you are familiar with, so I had to face some challenges while I was at my last corporate role, which was at a company called Salesforce, which is one of the largest software companies in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, facing a medical challenge. So I'm going to get a little bit personal here, um, yes. maybe even a little bit emotional, right? So uh-huh. I was diagnosed with having a brain tumor about uh, a year and a half. It's going to be almost two years ago. And uh, that came from left field, of course, as we know. And life is about surprises, right? That's what I would say. Uh, it was a surprise, but my engineering mindset came kicking pretty quickly. So I was like, okay, so I have to face this. And what do we do about it, right? Instead of having some sort of negative uh, perspective about it or the typical victim mentality. Why me? Why is this happening to me, yes. right? So I decided that I needed to be educated about my situation. I needed to basically make the unknown known to me, right? Mm -hmm. What is it that I had? What was my diagnosis? What were the options? And then I had to take the risk, right? I had to take a risk about my treatment. So long story short, um, I'm doing great. I had to take the risk and I actually got a, my treatment was basically a surgery, a big major brain surgery. And um, of course, very scary thing. But uh, I said, well, there's no other treatment. There's no other option. Let's just do it and hope for the best and educate myself on what the possible outcomes are. And in doing so, remain the fear uh, component of it, right? And then, of course, I had to rely on my experience being resilient throughout my career, my personal life. Earlier in my life, as you know, I took risks from um, moving from countries, right? Moving from Mexico City, where I'm originally from, to live in the UK, to do my master's degree, to going back to Mexico and then moving to the U.S. to start a different corporate career, a new job without knowing anyone, right? So life is full of those challenges and taking risks and being resilient and building relationships that can support you through all of that. And I have to say thank you so much because you are correct. You work with me through that tough journey also as well recently, and I appreciate that. No, of course. And all I can say is wow, right? And and hearing you, you know, share this again and, and share it in such a public forum, which, you know, by all means, your vulnerability is going to help so many of our listeners learn from that and be able to dig deep and be motivated 
Um, but one of the things that you mentioned that, you know, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about was, you know, you, you, you shared how you managed to keep your fears at bay by educating yourself and that engineering mind, you know, came to, you know, it came, came forefront for you. And really you started saying, okay, let me educate myself about this. And so despite the uncertainties, you were able to make those kinds of decisions. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, break that down? Like, how did you first go about saying, okay, I, I don't know anything about this. What do, how did you learn about it? What were the things, the steps that you took that, you know, somebody else could repeat? Yes. No, great, great question, Monica. And I think I have to say it's almost like a repeatable process for me, not mm -hmm. just for my health situation um, yeah. or health incident, but also in my career in general, right? So the first thing was uh, I had to give um, time and grace to myself, right? Because I had to absorb yes. and then give myself the grace to experience it and experience the fear in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And then after that, which I call it's what I call the shocking moment, uh, then really try to process it. And the first thing for me was, okay, let's really understand this and the impact of this in my life, right? Let's really understand uh, the pros and cons. Of course, the cons were much bigger than the, than the pros at that time. Right. And let's understand also the what-if scenarios, right, of the all possible outcomes that this could bring into my life. Uh, once I identified that, I had to educate myself, right, in all those possible scenarios. I had to build relationships. I can tell you how many people I talked to, both in my right. personal, professional networks and even new networks I had to build. Mm -hmm. I had to relate to my health. Of course, situation, I had to build relationships with neurosurgeons, right? Neuroophthalmologists, mm -hmm. kind of like the kind of people that I had never thought I was going to be talking to <laughs> ever. So suddenly I have a network there. Uh, that's pretty good. So if anybody in our audience ever needs that, I'm happy to talk to you about that. And, uh, and mm -hmm. then really I had to, to convert all the unknown from anything from my tumor to the neurosurgeon community to the hospitals. And I had to make them known to me, right? I had to know the pros and cons of each of them. I had to put together the scenarios of what could happen, if what best possible outcome, worst possible outcome. How could I minimize the risk of those? And then based on all that, educate myself and make the best possible decision for myself, my family and my communities, right? How was this all going to impact everything? And I think that's what really makes it a little bit more manageable. Once yeah. you put one, a name to, to the fear, which by the way, fun fact, I did name my, my tumor. I call it kiwi nut because <laughs> if you saw the image, it literally looked like a kiwi bird. So uh, a nut because it was the size of a nut. So uh -huh. it was a kiwi nut. So once I name it, which my neurosurgeon thought it was hilarious, right? Uh -huh. uh, I was more able to visualize it. I know mm -hmm. that, hey, I'm going to remove this. I'm going to deal with this. This is the way I'm going to deal with it. And I'm going to prepare in the best possible way for all the possible outcomes. Wow, that's so inspirational and so insightful. But but I think exactly what you shared of the, the mechanics of breaking it down mm -hmm. into, you know, solving the problem the way you know how made it made it known to you, right? It was something tangible that you're like, okay, I'm going to take this and and educate myself. But I think it probably also helped your family a ton too, because you were educating them in the process um, as well. So I think that's phenomenal. And I can see how you could apply that to any any challenge that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, that That's just amazing. And we are so thrilled. I mean, we were, of course, you know, watching you. And I was so always so like emotional when to just see the positivity, because 
I know that for, you know, and I think it's probably because part of this process where you gave yourself the grace to kind of sit with it and the emotion, but around all of us, you were, you were positive. You were like, I got this and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take this kiwi nut and tell it to go <laughs> go fly away. Um, but it was, you know, I would say the other part of your resilience was the, the optimistic and the emotion and the almost where you were console, consoling some of us, like, it's okay, I'm going to be okay. I just, you know, and and that that is, I find so admirable. Um, but I want to, you know, shift gears a little bit because mm-hmm. you did go back to work and you had an amazing support team at work and your team, I remember people on your team were the one handling all kinds of communications and keeping everybody updated so that you weren't taxed with that. Mm-hmm. But you did go back to work, but then after that, you did decide to pivot and go on your own. Did this play some into it or like what helped you gain the clarity that you wanted to now pivot? Yeah, so so definitely help give the clarity, right? I mean, when you're faced with situations like that, one thing is you question what you're doing, right? Am I yes. in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? Am I being happy? Am I being fulfilled, right? So I think at that moment, when I decided to get back to work, I knew I loved doing what I was doing. I loved uh, doing my work, loved my team, had a great network of support there. And I wanted to honestly give back to them, right? I was like, I owe them this, right? It's like, I want to do it. And I went back there. But at the same time, of course, we were facing some challenges and some changes in the company. Things were changing in the marketplace as well. So the opportunity came about as a challenge as well, right? So the company was pivoting. Uh, they changed. My team was going to face some changes. Myself, I was going to face some changes. And at that point, I had to make a decision, right? I was going to say, well, either I continue in the corporate life, which will require some adjustments and changes to myself, my career here. Uh, mm-hmm. Or I can take this as an opportunity to actually go and do something new. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, what I realized is that in my career planning, and you know how we're, we're good, right, at setting up objectives and goals, yes. and and I do actually have a, even an acronym for that for myself, which is called DARA. I call it DARA, which uh-huh. is D-A-R-A. D stands uh-huh. for defining smart goals, right? They have to be specific, measurable. We all know those characteristics. Mm-hmm. The A stands for adjusting those goals, right? Because as you start working towards those goals, sometimes they have to be adjusted, right? Whether yeah. the time gets adjusted, the goal, the mission. Um, the R stands for recognizing the progress towards those goals, right? Because I think that's one of the things that can keep fueling yourself, propelling you forward, not mm-hmm. just waiting for the big milestones to be accomplished, but <laughs> recognizing the progress you're making yeah. towards that. And the final A for me was, and especially when, when you go through tough times, is having an accountability partner making mm-hmm. sure that you stay the course and have someone that you can bounce ideas from or off and then someone who can keep you on track, right? Mm-hmm. Who can keep you accountable for those things that you're going to do for your own benefit and for the benefit of others, right? For right. the impact you want to create. Um, so with that said, of course, my goals changed a bit. I had more clarity about what I wanted to do. I wanted to impact or create impact at the larger scale. I knew I wanted to give back to a very specific community. So Latinos, Latinx founders, women in high tech and professional uh, environments. And I knew I had the tools to do it and the experience to do it. So I had always planned to at some point become an independent consultant. So Uh at the time I decided, well, maybe this is the right time, right? We're having changes in the company. I don't want to stay here with the changes. And let's go and start our own company. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's how I pivoted to that uh, because I saw it as an opportunity, even though it was a challenge as well, right? Living yes. in a company that, wow, mm-hmm. I've been here eight years and now I have to leave. Um, so could easily be a negative thing, 
But I decided mm-hmm. to frame it differently and see it as an opportunity to actually accelerate my path towards getting to that, building my company, providing consulting services, and having potentially a larger impact in the communities that I serve. Mm. That's so powerful how you look, you mentioned just shifting and turning the obstacle into the opportunity, right? Um, and really, you know, taking off the jade colored glasses and putting on the rose colored glasses and say, mm-hmm. how can I make this work in my benefit? And, you know, and I can attest to the fact that you'd always been thinking about, you know, making the pivot and going off on your own, because even when you came to Beyond Barriers, what, three years ago, mm-hmm. and and you were, you know, working on your coaching certification and things like that, you did, you already had this in mind. So you had been planning a, a long time before it wasn't just kind of on a whim. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, you had been preparing all along, and then the, that opportunity came and it was like, I need to make a decision now there's a short window. What was your thought process? And I'm asking you this, because you are that engineer, you are that person <laughs> who like loves processes and frameworks. What did you immediately like? What was your first thought of like, here's the opportunity when you recognized it? What was your next step? Yeah. So, so yes, first of all, was the, creating the right mindset, right? Reframing it as an opportunity, mm-hmm. then really understanding what that potential opportunity would, would mean to me, right? To me and to my family and to my communities, right? Um, what could it bring in terms of value to my life, to my career? And what I could in turn return as value to those communities and those people, right? So those were some of the initial steps. Then it was about setting up a framework, right? And a time frame too. It was about, well, where I am, where am I in my life, in my personal life, right? My, I have two daughters. So full yes. disclosure here, I have two daughters, 18 and 15. My oldest just went to college. So three weeks yes. ago, we got her settled at UCLA. Very happy about that. And my youngest started high school. So I realized that time-wise, I was going to be quite busy, right? And I'm talking about uh, this past summer. So mm-hmm. I wanted to give myself the time to actually devote to my family through those transitions, because those were going to be important milestones in my personal life. Yes. And having the opportunity to then people to do something on my own, I also had the flexibility, which was an added benefit to that transition, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. But then it was about, okay, now how can I structure this, right? I know I right. want to pivot and do my consulting services, my startup advising. I'm going to reach out to my network. That was one of the first things I did. So I started really working my network very intentionally, connecting with the people that I thought could actually help guide me through this transition, people who had done this before, role Mm -hmm. models in the industry, people that were already in the organizations that I wanted to work with or work for or work with and create partnerships. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I invested a lot of time and effort and energy in reaching out to my network, but being very intentional about the goals I wanted to do with each of them. Mm -hmm. Once I had that, I had a structure, right? I had more clarity in terms of, okay, this is how I want to do it. This is the people I'm going to do it with. And then it became another challenge because then it was like, okay, now, Basically, I'm going from a corporate life to being myself, and I am actually the product that will have to be offered as part of the services, right? And that's Mm -hmm. a completely different mindset than when you're in corporate life, you're part of a big structure, right? And you have the career ladder, the corporate ladder, but Mm -hmm. now you're the product. So you had to figure out how to basically package yourself as the product and the services you can provide. So it was another process. Again, I reached out to my network. I educated myself on how this could be done. And then it was a matter of trial and error, right? Don't try to be perfect because you're not going to get it right the first time around. 
be open to feedback, right? So I put things out there, some services that didn't make sense at the beginning. I thought, oh my God, this could be great and didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> I had to get the feedback, adjust mm-hmm. again, be open uh, to reaching out and to say, I need help with this, right? Uh, this is uh, uh, some areas were unknown to me. So I had to, to be humble, be mm-hmm. transparent with people and say, I need your help. I'm open to feedback. And uh, as well as I've been a mentor for a long time, but I mm-hmm. have my own mentors. So reaching out to my mentors, to my sponsors, that's been critical. And mm-hmm. so now I'm in a state where I think I have more clarity about what I want to do. Obviously, do I have it perfectly 100%? No. It's an ongoing journey, but I definitely think that that process helped me put together the structure, both in terms of products, services I want to do, demographics, target audiences I want to work with, and also legal structures as well that I was not familiar with to create my own company and all that stuff, and then go from there. Um, Mm. So again, it's been a journey and it's a lot about being humble, educating yourself, realizing that you don't know everything and you're not going to get it right the first time around. You're not going to be perfect, but you can strive to be as good as possible and mm-hmm. reaching out to my network for support and my communities. Wow, Eliana, I'm so glad I asked you that question. Mm-hmm. And and I'm so thankful how you shared that. And it makes me proud to hear you talking about how all of these things that, you know, we coach to and beyond barriers of like, you know, the five C's of leveraging your community and being, you know, the idea of conviction of learning, right? Um, you know, how do you become that future ready leader? and start anticipating the things that you need to do and you are you are showing you know the actual examples of how you were doing that in real time um i think it's phenomenal and then of course your commitment of you know um to yourself and your family and what you were doing but um really just saying i'm going to take some of this time to focus on family it's milestone moments that i want to be there for and i have flexibility um, but then saying, okay, now, you know, I need to execute on what it is I'm trying to make happen. Um, and so you laid it out so perfectly. And it's so amazing to see all of these pieces. Um, but the one thing that I know, and you touched on it a little bit was, you know, what were, were there any moments where you were, you had that self doubt or that fleeting moment of like, oh my goodness, what did I do? Or did I make the right decision? Did you ever? ever have any of those moments or, you know, and, and if you didn't, you know, what do you think helped you, you know, prepare to not, you know, to, to keep those fears at bay? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great question, Monica, because I did have those moments and I think we all have them. If we didn't have them, we would not be humans, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And that's the only way, by the way, to grow, right? You have those self-limiting mm-hmm. beliefs in many, ca- many cases. And uh, it's really just a moment of being in a place that makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But we need to realize that those moments when we feel really uncomfortable, it's the biggest opportunities for us to grow, right? Personally and also professionally. Mm-hmm. I think some of the things that helped me were realizing that one, uh, I'm seeing this as an opportunity and mm-hmm. as such is not going to be all cooked and digested for me because an opportunity yeah. is a new thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's also an opportunity where I can basically leverage my preparation, my experience, my networks to come to help me out, right? So bring my team of supportive, my cheerleaders, help me get there. Um, as I said, you're not going to get it perfect the first time around, but if you are there and you don't have to go at it alone, realize that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, um, think about it, a self-limiting belief. It's, is it really about you're limiting yourself because you're thinking, I don't belong here, I'm not ready for this? Or is it the situation? And I think there's a big difference, right? Between is the situation limiting yourself, right? In my case, well, the situation is I want to start this 
with his new company. What are the limitations? Well, none, because it doesn't exist today. So I have right. no limits, uh -huh. right? It's, the dream can be, can be as big as I want it to be. Um, so it was more on my side. It was more my my personal limits in the sense that, well, I've never done this before on my own, establishing my own mm -hmm. company. Um, and in that sense, it was reminding myself that, you know, you've dealt with a lot more tough challenges, tougher challenges, right? Both mm -hmm. in corporate life, when you had to face in the past a lot of biases and microaggressions and things like those. I've been the only Latina trailblazer in tech for a long time. I was one of only five women when I was studying engineering back in Mexico City. I was yeah. the only woman in my team when I came to the U.S. in engineering, right? I even got a customer who told me, what are you doing here? I don't even know that Mexico has female engineers. Can you study that? <laughs> to, <laughs> to really be resilient about all those mm -hmm. things. So it was reminding myself that, you know, you got this. I mean, mm -hmm. yes, you don't know everything, but you can go through it, right? You just need to prepare yourself. You need to reach out and lean in and, and you will be able to do it, right? Reminding mm -hmm. myself of that awesomeness that we all have because we all yes. have unique stories and we all have successes. So mm -hmm. in a way, it was um, actually funny that you asked because one time I was really feeling like, oh my gosh, I really can't do this. I, I don't know where to start this and that. And how am I going to get through this? And uh, my husband came and he said, you know, you always coach people and mentor people and you talk to them about your uh, I am awesome list, right? Where's your list? And I'm like, oh, you're right. So I took it out, which is in my my phone. And uh -huh. my I am awesome list is like all the successes or the, the moments where I have felt very proud of myself. And it was kind of like an immediate boost, right, of self-confidence. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that was fantastic. And it was like, you're right. I have all, all this, I can certainly deal with this other stuff, right? So I, I guess that's just an example, right? That has worked for me. Um, and the other thing I want to mention, Monica, is something you said earlier today, uh, mm -hmm. that I've been positive, or most of the time I'm always positive or try to be as positive as possible. It's uh -huh. not to say that I don't get the negative track sometimes. I do give myself the grace to be negative or bent at times. Uh -huh. But I think for the most part, remaining positive, especially when you're facing tough situations, is super important. Because that is one of the ways that it's going to keep you in that mind frame of growth, learning, and taking challenges, turning them into opportunities, moving things that are uncertain and fearful to you, moving them into something known and manageable, moving mm -hmm. something that's been a failure, double quote, failure in the past or a setback, and transforming that into a learning experience or seeing it more as a learning experience. So remaining positive is something that's also paramount and has been really one of the common threads in, in my life, both personally and professionally as well. No, and, and I can I can attest to that. I've witnessed all of these things. And I think, you know, what you talked about, the whole allowing yourself the grace to be, you know, um, negative or, you know, the emotion of feeling bent or even allowing the fear to to like sit in it for a bit um is important right because you can't you can't ignore them or abandon them or like you know say they're not there they are there but then how do you make sure that you know you keep them contained and i think everything that you shared um and some of the techniques and the habits and the hacks of the the you know i am awesome list and i love that your husband even knew that you had an i am awesome <laughs> list to cause you yeah. to pull it out but it was that list that you know anchors those feelings of you know just 
happiness and proud and, and, you know, the pride that you have when you read it. And it is that reminder of like, yeah, I have done this and and I can do this, right? We, I can continue to do hard things. I think that is so amazing. What if you knew exactly where to focus to go further, faster? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers and the ability to take action and gain unstoppable momentum to deliver results and advance. Take the Beyond Barriers Momentum Metric Quiz to get a personalized report on the five C's, core categories used to measure and accelerate success. Visit gobeyondbarriers.com slash quiz to get your report today. I wanted to shift gears and talk a little bit about, you know, finding that purpose. Now you're following this, you know, your, your, your dream of like doing work that is purposeful and your work has always been, you know, purposeful, but there's a difference between being that successful and in, in a, in a job and, and loving your job, but also the fulfillment piece. Right. And you've always been someone who I've known, even with your day job, you had three or four other jobs with, you know, <laughs> boards that you sit on or advisory roles or leadership roles with organizations that were focused on Latinx and, you know, Latino, Latinas, etc. Can you talk a little bit about the work that you're doing now and, and, and what, you know, why it's so important? Like, what are you helping solve? And what do you think right now are some of the challenges that you're helping these organizations, these, these Latino um, owned startups? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, good question, Monica, because I think one, um, first of all, I have to say it comes with age a little bit, right? Finding <laughs> your purpose and the things that really fulfill you. So, but it's mm-hmm. always been there in a way. I think now and with experiences, obviously, in my life, I have realized that it's really important to be happy and to enjoy and feel fulfilled, right? If you don't have yes. those, you're not going to enjoy living, right? And we have one life and one life to live. So we have to feel fulfilled and happy about it. So with that said, for me, it was always about my core values and how can I apply those into into a mission, right? Mm-hmm. So my values, um, my personal values are, are many, but three key, key ones that have um, permeated into my professional life pretty directly are growth, impact and recognition right so most mm-hmm. of my decisions are based on those three values so am i growing am i helping others grow am i yeah. creating impact positive impact in the world in my communities and i'm am i enabling and empowering others to create impact as well and recognition am i being recognized well we all like being recognized right? <laughs> we all like that pat in the back uh-huh. but more importantly am i recognizing others right, for mm-hmm. what they are doing, right? Whether that's progress, whether that's facing a challenging situation, whether that's my daughters not using their phone all the time in a day, right? Mm-hmm. All the many hours. So whatever that is, right? Those values drive my decision-making and the things that I, I'm close to. So with that said, of course, I saw the opportunity uh, in this environment that we're living in, this um, top microeconomic environment, right? And being so close to tech here in Silicon Valley, I mm-hmm. thought, you know what? Um, I've always been an advocate and a sponsor of uh, Latino professionals, right? Latinx professionals and women professionals. And the startup community is some, something that I've always been close to. I have volunteered, to your point, what you said before, have volunteered with many organizations before, including accelerators that help Latin-founded uh, companies, right? And mm-hmm. I said, maybe the impact I can do now is through those vehicles to help this community that is one, underrepresented in the entrepreneurial ecosystem, mm-hmm. a community that it's been really hard to get resources for, and 
the percentages are pretty low and we don't want to say that because we don't want to put the negative context here, but it's really hard to get investments, right? For Latin founded startups. Yes. And, uh, and third, it's really hard for a lot of these founders who have the grit and the energy and the fantastic ideas to have the access to the networks and the communities that can support them. So for mm-hmm. me, it was like a trifecta. It's like, oh my gosh, I can help them in all those areas. And I have the added benefit of having a cultural alignment, the language alignment, and possibly some similar experiences that they have gone through. Right. So for me, that that's what this opportunity represented, an opportunity to create larger impact uh, with a specific community. I'm very interested in helping to solve a real problem that we have. And mm-hmm. if I had to, do, to be more specific, Monica, within this entrepreneurial ecosystem, and when you think about these startup founders, and this is where I'm, I can extend it to not just Latin founders, but mm-hmm. women and in general, right? A lot of them struggle with, of course, fundraising, number one issue, but also with what is their value proposition? What is the story they are going to go and tell the investors that they want to get money from, right? And many of them struggle because while they have in their mind really clear, this is a product, this is a service, they don't have to put it together in a way that makes an emotional connection, that it's relevant to the time, and that has some alignment with those audiences that they are addressing. So for me, that's what I've been doing my entire corporate life, right? Mm -hmm. I've been putting together ideas and storytelling to sell things to customers, right? So Mm -hmm. that's experience that I could leverage and bringing me to this entrepreneurial ecosystem today. Mm, that's phenomenal. And yes, the idea of being able to identify that unique value proposition and articulate that to get buy-in from others is crucial. And if you know, if you can't, if you don't have clarity on what that unique value proposition is, then how are you going to get where you want to go? Right. And so I love that you're doing that and you're leveraging your strength and being able to do that. And so kudos to you. I'm so mm-hmm. excited to um you know be here with you and and beyond barriers is thrilled and privileged you know to call you a friend and a colleague and um know that we're going to be here with you side by side lifting each other up um as as we go um so you and I could talk forever. I, I feel <laughs> yes. like, you know, with the, with the cafecito, just keep going. Um, but we do have to close it up. So I want to move on to um, kind of a fun a fun part of the podcast of closing it out of um, just asking you our flash uh, lightning round questions mm-hmm. and really uh, getting to know you a little bit more because we got to know you well and some of the the mindset things that you embrace, but let's talk a little bit uh, more tactical of, mm-hmm. you know, where others can maybe kind of uh, pick up and embrace some of these habits that you have. Um, what is a book that has greatly influenced you? Oh my gosh. Uh, so many of them, but one specifically for my career, it's called The Hard Thing About Hard Things. You may have heard of mm-hmm. it. It's by Ben Horowitz, which is, uh-huh. uh, who is one of the co-founders of Andreessen Horowitz, A16C, a BC fund here in the Bay Area. Uh-huh. And uh, I love it because it gives you an inside look at uh, the decisions and the struggles and loneliness that CEOs and leaders have to face before mm-hmm. they can go on and build fantastic organizations. Mm, I love that. And that's such an insightful book. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And every time I read it, I it, it, I pick up something new or it helps you, you know, make those hard decisions, right? Understanding like when you decide, you divide and there's always going to be the naysayers. And so it's like, yes. well, it's inevitable. So don't let them bring it down. Yes. Um, I love it. <laughs> what is your favorite inspiring quote or saying? Ah, uh, 
two quotes that I have lived by pretty much since I heard them. Uh, one mm-hmm. is by Maja Angelou, who's a great uh-huh. uh, activist and uh, women supporter uh, in his time, in her time. She said that uh, people will forget a lot of things you do or, or you did and a lot of things you said, but they will never forget the way that you made them feel. Mm-hmm. So always mindful of that when you're building relationships. How are you making people feel? Because they will remember that. Yes. Um, and the other one is by Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, she used to say that you can often change your circumstances by changing your attitude. Remember, mm-hmm. we talked a lot about reframing yes. and having a positive attitude. So I yes. love that. Uh, and yeah. she said that. Oh, and, definitely. And I yeah. could see how that impacted you of, of constantly, you know, shifting that mindset and shifting the attitude, right? Mm-hmm. Changing the state, right? Of, yes. of I'm in a fearful state or that, you know, scarcity mindset, and I'm going to flip it around and, you know, and reframe it. I love that. What is one word or moniker that you would use to describe yourself? <laughs> I know we work a lot on this. Yes. <laughs> I'm working with you guys. Uh, but if I had to choose one moniker and one word, so the one word, uh, I think would be impact. Uh, I'm always pursuing impact and trying to create impact for others, positive impact for others, right? And for myself. And mm-hmm. the moniker I would have to say, Latina Trailblazer in Tech. So That's I'm a committed right. Latina Trailblazer <laughs> in Tech. <laughs> yeah, Latina Trailblazer, you are always mm-hmm. blazing trails. I love mm-hmm. it. What is one change, a habit, a behavior, an action that you implemented that that you implemented and it made your life better? Oh, so that's a tough one because I've made a lot of them. But I think sometime uh, someone told me that Winston Churchill actually said something um, that goes something like this. Don't take no for an answer. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that you need to make a habit, right? Because there's always something to negotiate. So don't take no for an answer, whether you're negotiating something, asking for something, trying to create something, uh, leave the negativity on the side, and uh, there will always be a path. So don't take no for an answer. It's a habit that I have embedded into my day-to-day life, career, both personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. And the other one I would say is um, creating what I call personally. I created this concept when I was actually at Salesforce of BLMs, Mm -hmm. BS and Victor, L and M, which are valuable life moments. So intentionally creating valuable life moments with your family, with your friends, with your loved ones, because many times we forget about that. We forget that we have to be intentional about creating moments in our life, in periods of time, or even just a moment during the day when it's going to be a valuable life moment for me because I'm spending time with people I care about, or because I'm reaching out to a connection I haven't talked to in many years, or because I'm just asking my daughter, how are you feeling today? Right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that VLM. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that, Ileana. Okay, <laughs> valuable life moments. Totally fine. I love it. Um, and this one is finally my favorite. Mm-hmm. What power song would you want playing as you walked out onto stage? Oh, I love this question, Monica, because, well, I'm a Latina, right? So, yes. But I also live in the States, right? And I've been here half my life. So I'm going to have to go with two. So uh-huh. it's a Latina for sure. Uh, La Vida es un Carnaval from mm. Celia Cruz. Fantastic yes. song, very upbeat. Um, now in the U.S., an English song would be Don't Stop by Fleetwood uh-huh. Mac. Don't love stop it. believing about tomorrow, right? Yesterday yes. is gone. 
don't stop thinking about tomorrow because tomorrow I is coming. I love it. I love both of those songs. Okay, so for you, we'll have one when you're coming on stage and then walking <laughs> off stage. There you go. We can have both. <laughs> I love it. Well, Ileana, it's always a pleasure having you on and it's always a pleasure connecting with you and reconnecting. Um, and so... Before we close out, I know that there's going to be several individuals reaching out, wanting to know how to connect with you. Um, so what is the best way for people to connect from, with you? And is there anything else you want to share with our audience? Mm, perfect. Uh, yeah, the best way to connect with me, Monica, and for the audience is LinkedIn. I'm a mm-hmm. fanatic about LinkedIn. Uh, I do believe in the platform, right? in the network, yes, the power of yes. networking. So please, yes. please, please, LinkedIn, reach out to connect there. As far as uh, an ask or, or a quote or something for the audience, I maybe a couple of calls to action. One mm-hmm. is um, from all these things we talked about, take just one of them, one of them, and try to bring it into your career, your personal life. Hopefully you found at least one of these things Uh, useful helpful for you implement it tomorrow and the second one is if any of you need help obviously with the things that i mentioned startup advising services or you just want to connect and reach out to learn more about my experiences i'm always happy and open to those connections too fantastic well thank you so much iliana and um i look forward to continued conversations me too thank you again so much monica and thank you to everyone who's listening Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend, or share what you've learned on LinkedIn and tag us. We love hearing from our audience. Visit us at gobeyondbarriers.com, where you can subscribe and find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests.